Hi, everyone. This is Krista with episode number 182 on the Wag Out Loud podcast. In the latest Association for the Prevention of Pet Obesity survey, veterinary professionals classified 59% of evaluated dogs as overweight or obese. And those numbers are increasing. An easy way for you to gauge your dog's body condition is to just check out the Body Condition Score infographic on the Association for Prevention Pet Obesity's website. Welcome to the Wag Out Loud podcast, where we are obsessed with bringing you helpful tips on canine health care, nutrition, and overall well-being. If you'd like to support the show, check out the amazing online events, products, and resources that I personally recommend on the Wag Out Loud website. I'm your host, Krista, and I'm super excited to be bringing you yet another tail wagging episode. Hello, dog lovers. I am so glad that you've tuned in for today's informative episode. We're going to be talking about adopt, don't shop versus responsible dog breeding. And I am joined by Amy Lane, and this is a discussion that really needs to happen. I've been looking forward to this. So, Amy, thanks so much for being with me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I am excited. Could you please first introduce yourself and tell us why did you want to cover this topic today? Okay. Well, as you stated, I am Amy Lane. I am a long-time dog breeder, and I think that the topic of adopt, don't stop doesn't cover things that people really need to know. Um, I'd like to give some comparisons to that versus puppy mills versus responsible breeders. Yes, and that's what we're going to cover today. And do you agree, Amy, that when it comes to dog ownership, to me, there seems to be two distinct camps. So people either believe in rescuing dogs, and then the others prefer to buy a dog from a breeder. So it's really an individual choice. And I don't think we should shame others for how they're acquiring their dog. Do you agree? Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, I've been breeding dogs for um, a couple decades, and both of my children have two rescue dog weeks. Um, they do not have um, or don't, don't buy dogs or get dogs from me. They want dogs in need. So there, you know, that is something that does need to be addressed. But people buying from a breeder should not be shamed because there are specific reasons why people seek out a breeder. Yes. So why don't we unpack this? In your mind, what does responsible breeding actually mean? Okay. Well, um, every breed of dog out there comes with its own list of diseases and genetic deficiencies. And so from a breeder's perspective, it's our job to do the appropriate health testing on every prospective breeding dog and weed out those that should not reproduce and then pair dogs together responsibly to avoid uh, creating litters that have health issues that could be avoided simply by doing health testing. And with most breeds, you know, AKC recognized breeds and breeders is there any checks and balances to make sure breeders are 
reading correctly that they do have a really good breeding program? Not through the AKC. The AKC basically is a registry. They only allow purebred dogs of the same breed to be registered. You know, they're offspring to be registered. But they don't have any input into whether or not the puppies were a result of breeding a brother and a sister or a mother and a son or a father and a daughter. They have no control over whether the two dogs that were paired together are unhealthy um, or have produced previous litters with unhealthy puppies. And so, again, then that just makes them a registry, which is very different from what um, I think a kennel club should be. Yes. Um, which, uh, you know, I'm involved with GANA, the Golden Doodle Association of North America, which is uh, the kennel club for Golden Doodles. And I created this organization back in 2008 to help guide the development of the Golden Doodle and to do that in with the best health in mind, um, as well as temperament. Um, so we have several different rules and regulations in place that are very, very different than the AKC, such as no dog can be registered as a breeding dog and produce puppies that hasn't been health tested mm. and proven to be worthy of reproducing. Um, and that's, you know, our first step into creating healthy offspring purposely. Right. And I have to commend you for that because I know personally, you know, most of my listeners know that we lost Winston back in January. And, you know, he was a Norwich Terrier. I loved the Norwich Terrier breed. I knew I wanted another one. And because they're so rare and I'm super picky about the breeder that I choose, I thought I'd be on a waiting list for at least a year or two. We got Dutton. He is a Norwich. He is amazing. And I am so blessed that we got him as soon as we did. But I was very surprised at how few quote unquote reputable breeders there actually are. I went right to the Norwich Club of America. Judy is the executive director. And I said, Judy, who do you recommend? And she actually wanted to talk me out of the breed because there aren't many good breeders doing the testing. So I was really disappointed that this breed that I love, that there are so few breeders to choose from. So in your mind, what percentage would you say are good golden doodle breeders since that's the breed that you work with? That would be a number very difficult to ascertain simply because um, unless they are a breeder that is visible, such as being a member of Ghana, we don't necessarily know about them. Mm. Um, and I know that there are breeders there that are not members of Ghana. There are good breeders that are doing the health testing. But the numbers of breeders that aren't doing the health testing and are only doing this to gain, a, you know, a few extra bucks, way, way, way the number of good breeders. Mm. And that was one of my purposes of Ghana was to raise awareness about health testing and the importance of it. And, and the, the simple fact that we could avoid creating litters of puppies with known health issues that could easily be avoided with appropriate testing. 
um, because a lot of times that's the type of puppy that ends up in a shelter mm-hmm. because they've got issues and no one wants to adopt them and you can't sell them and whole litters many times are dropped off the shelters and that that's a very sad situation that we all need to work together to raise awareness. Yes. And what do you think it is, Amy? Is it, I hate to say it, is that the money that some of these breeders are just overlooking health issues that they know are there, but continue to breed that dog or those dogs? I think it's a combination of money and or ignorance. Mm. Um, with, without the, the appropriate education, how is that uneducated breeder going to know to do better? Um, so that, that's, you know, one issue. The other is it's an expensive task to raise breeding dogs and weed out the ones that pass, you know, that, that don't pass something. We put our dogs through so many different tests and if they fail one single one, then they're removed from our breeding firm, made or neutered, and they're a pet for the rest of their life. So when you've got a breeder who all two or three dogs they've raised and Two of them don't pass something. Rather than start over, they just breed those dogs. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that then does come down to money. And that's why the consumer needs to be so aware and, and make sure the proper health testing is being done right. on the parent dogs. And Amy, when we talk about health testing, what are testing for? Uh, well, for each breed, it's different because it has to be um, testing for the issues that are prevalent in that particular breed. So for golden doodles, we have to test for anything that is prevalent in the golden retriever and also the poodle because a golden doodle can have any of those issues. So we, for say a blue ribbon, um, designation with Ghana, we require that both parent dogs be tested and have passing ratings for hip, heart, eyes, elbows, and patellas. And then we also have a list of diseases that are prevalent in one or the other uh, poodle or golden retriever breeds. And so the diseases that we are testing for now, and these diseases change from time to time as things become more prevalent or as labs discover new diseases that they can actually test for. So the diseases we test for are Let's see, ichthyosis, which comes from the golden retriever, um, von Hildebrandt disease, which comes from the poodle, degenerative myelopathy, which comes from both. We have three different mutations of progressive retinal atrophy. One is a poodle mutation. Two are golden retriever mutations. Um, we test for neonatal encephalitis with seizures. That's a poodle issue. And... Uh, not that Ghana is requiring these other two diseases, but it is something that I've been concentrating on, which is chondrodystrophy and chondrodysplasia, which are the genes responsible for um, shorter legs in dogs like corgis and dachshunds, mm. which are endearing for their breed, but undesirable in my breed. Sure. And do you test the mom and dad before each breeding or is it once a year? What does that look like? Um, well, the DNA testing needs to be done just once. DNA doesn't change. Right. So whatever the results are, we know that that's, we can breed a dog that's a carrier of something. 
but we just can't pair it with another dog that carries that same mutation. Because carriers are safe to breed, but two carriers that have the same mutation, um, then you have a chance of those genes pairing up. And when puppies inherit two of the same disease mutation genes, then they're affected with that disease. So DNA done once. Um, and many times we don't even have to test puppies because if we've tested both mom and dad and they don't carry specific disease genes, the puppies can't inherit them. Right. So those puppies then would be deemed clear via parentage and not need to be tested. Um, for uh, the physical health testing versus the DNA disease health testing, the, the hips, the heart, the elbows, the patellas, and the eyes, four of those, all but the eyes, can be done uh, just once as long as the dog has achieved a certain age, and those are considered permanent clearances. Eyes um, ideally should be tested every year. Okay. And that's what's recommended in, in all breeds is for eyes to be tested once a year because, of course, vision can change over time. Sure. Well, this is all great information, Amy. Uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Let me tell you about the dog food that I have been feeding to Dutton. It's my pleasure to introduce everyone listening to Raised Right Human Grade Pet Food. Now, they're a family-owned company that works with world-renowned veterinarian, one of my heroes, Dr. Karen Becker, and they make home-cooked style whole food recipes for both dogs and cats that are complete and balanced through using simple ingredients. And when I say simple, I mean simple because all of their adult dog recipes have 10 ingredients or less with some having as few as just seven or eight ingredients. Now that's all real food. And Raised Right's limited ingredient recipes are high in protein and low in carbs. Most have less than 2% carbohydrates because they don't use any high-carb fillers like potato, rice, or pasta that is often found in many other products. So good for your dog. One of the most unique things about Raised Right is that they were able to formulate their adult dog recipes to meet AFCO's requirements for a complete and balanced diet only using whole foods so they don't use any synthetic vitamins or minerals. You can go to RaisedRightPets.com slash WAGOutloud and use the coupon code PETS20 and you get 20% off of your first order of Raised Rights Human Grade Pet Food. I'll quickly spell out the website. That's Raised Right Pets, R-A-I-S-E-D-R-I-G-H-T, pets.com, slash wag out loud. Your pets will thank you. We're back, everyone, speaking with Amy Lane, and this is such an important topic. If you either want to adopt or rescue a dog or you want to get a dog from a responsible breeder, which Amy is, and she's giving us the inside scoop of what to look for. So, Amy, why don't we talk about the pros and cons of each, of either buying a certain breed that we want from a responsible breeder versus a shelter or rescue dog? Okay. Well, the, uh, originally the adopt don't stop slogan and movement was, uh, created to guide people away from buying from 
pet stores because pet stores are notoriously provided their puppies from puppy mills. And so I am 100% behind that movement um, to hopefully help people realize that buying from a pet store perpetuates the puppy mills. And we all know that puppy mills are deemed uh, places that are unfit for dogs to live and where puppies don't get uh, the, the care and the attention and the socialization that they need. And then those are the puppies many times that end up in shelters because they have issues and families give up on them. Mm-hmm. What has happened is that stop or uh, adopt don't stop mentality has filtered over to breeders as well. And um, that's where we want to draw a line, guide people appropriately, because without responsible breeders, we have no more production of healthy puppies and no more production of purebred dogs. Most dogs that are in shelters are not purebred dogs. They're accident litters from people that did not spay or neuter their pet, or um, they're, they're filled with puppies from puppy mills that they couldn't sell. And we still want to have healthy dogs, purebred dogs, um, or purposely bred crossbred dogs. And um, when you get a puppy from a rescue, you are saving its life, absolutely. But a rescue dog isn't always an appropriate dog. Um, If you have a family with young children, Mm -hmm. you don't know the history of this dog. Why was it turned over to the shelter? Did it bite someone? Is it not good with children? Is it a heavy setter and not appropriate for a family with allergies? Is the dog three or four years old and nobody socialized it, so it you know has social anxiety and tears up the house? Was it never housekeeping properly? Um, and now that that's a difficult situation to to correct when the dog is multiple years old. Um, so many times dogs of rescue take a special person to adopt it who has the time and the patience and the energy to retrain a dog, to work with the dog's issues. And there are families that don't have that ability or that time, or they have young children making it um, not an appropriate match. And in those situations, finding a puppy, a well-bred puppy from healthy parents, from a responsible breeder, who's done socialization and health testing and vaccinations and deworms so that that that, that family can start basically from scratch with with this puppy and grow it and mold it and train it to be a member of their family. Um, That that choice shouldn't be taken away from family. And and that choice is, is being taken away if you say you have to adopt, don't stop. True. And when we talk about, let's say, a backyard breeder, a breeder such as yourself, and a quote-unquote puppy mill, what exactly is the difference? Okay. Um, Puppy mills um, typically have dog living in cages. They are not a part of the family. They are um, bred and deliver their litter without any human assistance. The puppies that live, live. The puppies that die, die. Um, many times they have no vaccinations, they have no deworming. Those puppies are not handled and socialized day one by humans. So that when those puppies are sold or, or they keep 
um, that puppy mill at eight weeks or so of age, families are receiving puppies that are reactive um, to crowds and loud noises, and don't travel well in a car, and also may have inherent health issues that could have easily been avoided. And um, puppy mills also notoriously um, euthanize dogs when they're no longer producing money for them. Um, and then one step away from that is your your backyard breeder. Um, the, the dogs may live wonderful lives with families, but they are being bred without proper screening and health testing. And they could be creating litters of puppies that um, have genetic deficiencies that may not be noticed until, say, six or seven years of age, such as progressive retinal, retinal atrophy, which is when a puppy inherits a gene of that from each parent, they're going to go blind at age five, six, or seven, and it's irreversible. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, these backyard breeders are not educating themselves on health testing and on appropriate socializa- socialization protocols and vaccinations and dewormings. So these puppies um, may have been raised in their kitchen around children and, and have some socialization skills, but they were not bred for temperament, for confirmation and health. Um, then you go to the professional, reputable dog breeder who makes a living breeding dogs. Um, for that person, reputation is critical. And reputation is represented by the health and longevity of the puppies they put out into the world. So a reputable breeder is going to have uh, or be accessible to all of their puppy families for the life of that dog. Mm -hmm. They're going to have done all of the appropriate health testing on the parent dogs and will have shared those health tests with each puppy family that purchases a puppy. Um, They are going to... Um, provide records of, of dewormings and vaccinations. Um, they're going to share training um, tips and offer um, online training programs or have an affiliation with a trainer to help their families. So basically, buying a puppy from a reputable breeder, breeder means your puppy has had the best start in life and therefore has the best chance of developing into a mature, wonderful family dog with the support of that breeder. And another thing with responsible breeders is if anybody cannot keep a puppy that regardless of the age that originated from that breeder, reputable breeders will take them back. Mm -hmm. They don't want that dog to end up in a shelter. They want the dog to come back to them so they can find an appropriate home for that dog to live out the rest of its life. And uh, that is the complete opposite of what you get from a puppy mill. So if you were to tell somebody, here is what you need to do when you are looking for a puppy, screening, breeders, what would you say are the top three or five things that they should do their homework on? If they are not um, in the situation where they have the time to rehabilitate rehabilitate a dog, whether it's health-wise, or, you know, um, emotionally, um, then they need to look for a, a responsible breeder that is doing the health testing that is prevalent to that breed. And you can go on the AKC website or the OFSA.org website and look up what issues are prevalent in each breed. 
And then you should be able to ask that breeder, do you test for these? And don't take a yes answer as a definitive answer. You have the right to ask to see those tests. And um, you want a dog that comes with a warranty and not just a five-day warranty. You want a breeder that stands behind their puppies with a minimum of a two-year genetic defect warranty. You also want a breeder that is accessible to you when you have questions. And you want a breeder that um, says, I will take that dog back from you no matter what, no questions asked at any phase of that dog's life. That proves you've got a breeder who stands behind their dogs and who really cares about their dogs. And just because somebody is online does not make them reputable, correct? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are puppy mills with wonderful websites, very deceiving websites. Um, So you need to um, talk with the breeder. You need to view the health testing on the parent dogs. uh, We can't say, hey, you should visit the breeder before you make a decision because um, breeders have a life as well. And every time somebody comes into their kennel or their home where they're raising dogs, they have to do an entire sanitation protocol to remove any uh, germs and so forth that, that people bring in. And many times people visit multiple kennels in a day and they're carrying germs from one kennel to the other. So what we like to do is offer safe time with a breeder mm-hmm. where the breeder can show you the kennel or the, or the, the welcoming areas or their puppy play areas. They can show you puppies. You can meet a dog, but you're not risking the health and well-being of the dogs and their puppies. So that is something that has become very commonplace, um, especially since COVID, when, when nobody could visit anyone. Um, FaceTiming has been a great way for uh, you to uh, analyze a breeder situation and determine, are they reputable? And is that where I want my puppy to come from? Great advice. Well, I'm just curious. The Golden Doodle is a great example where you've actually created a new breed. You've put together the Golden Retriever and a Poodle. What is involved with creating a brand new breed? Well, um, quite a bit, actually. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, We um, we have been developing this breed for a couple decades now, so we actually are breeding Golden Doodle to Golden Doodle. But... When you are starting with two breeds that are so very different, um, you know, a poodle has a curly non-setting coat and a golden retriever has a straight profusely setting coat. Um, the goal with, with golden doodles are to maintain, um, that fun loving personality of the golden retriever and that loyalty and the intelligence of the poodle, but also to create non-shedding coats. So that takes use of DNA technology, um, screening on each parent dog, and then before selecting puppies out of the litter to keep for uh, future breeding, doing DNA testing on them and eliminating dogs that aren't going to have the genetic makeup that you want to become prevalent in the next generation. And Many times that leaves you with one puppy that's genetically correct, but you want a selection of great temperament. Um, so it can take litter after litter after litter before you, you have 
a puppy that seems to be exactly the epitome of what you think a golden doodle should be to breed on from. And that's only half of the breeding pair. So now you have to do that to find the other half of the breeding pair that's unrelated. So it is a long process that um, takes a lot of education. Um, and that's one of the things that Ghana does is educate its breeders on the use of DNA technology. Um, we now know how many curl genes each dog carries and how many shedding genes each dog carries and the color DNA that each dog carries. So when we pair these dogs together, we know will all the puppies in the litter be non-shedding? Will all the puppies have a straight coat or will some have a curly coat? Um, will some be carriers of an issue? Uh, you know, so all of that is fairly new, I'd say, in the last 10 to 15 years, 10 years really, since we've had DNA technology um, at our fingertips, reasonably priced, where we could get results that quickly to help us with our breeding decisions. That's fascinating. And when you say DNA test, because I know recently those have come into question when you take a rescue dog, for example, do a DNA test. And I know behind the scenes that you know, news companies have done this with their own dogs and tried five different tests, get five different results. With the DNA testing that you're talking about for the breeding program, is that different than a kit that anybody could just buy and find out what breeds of dog are in your dog? Um, well, with any lab, I'm sure there is a, an amount of variance in, in accuracy. Um, what we are testing for, for diseases, um, unless the lab makes a horrendous mistake, it's a, it's a, a yes or no answer, um, because they're looking for zero, one, or two genes. Uh, zero means the dog doesn't carry it. One gene may, means the dog is a carrier of the disease, but it's still safe. That dog won't ever be affected by the disease. Or that dog carries two genes, and therefore, that dog has that disease and it will be expressed at whatever time of life is typical for that particular disease. So that is very, very useful for us, um, of course, to avoid health issues. But then we have the aesthetic um, part of DNA testing and that tells us, you know, whether they carry zero curl genes or one or two curl genes, whether they have zero shedding genes or they have one or two shedding genes whether this dog has capacity to produce chocolates or merles or, um, you know, phantoms or tuxedos or party color. Um, you know, all of that is the aesthetic side to it. Um, and then there is the breed designation um, side to it. Um, not all labs do all of those in one test, but I know, um, for instance, Embark does all three of those. And what happens... Uh, with the, the breed designation is um, many times, for instance, look at the golden doodle, okay? One day the golden doodle may be listed as a breed there, but it's always going to pull uh, or show poodle or golden retriever genes in the background. And the heritage of the golden retriever, you know, it wasn't just the golden retriever dropped onto the earth. It was created by crossing other breeds. So when you test that, you find those ancient breeds also in there. So that, I think, is one of the reasons why sometimes 
um, the results look skewed because you're you're pulling ancient genes uh, from from founding breeds um, because all of our dogs, all of our purebred dogs, were created by crossing other breeds together. Sure. Sometime in the past. Makes sense. Well, Amy, we are out of time. I have one selfish question that I've always wanted to ask before we wrap up, and that is, what is a healthy amount of litters that a female could or should have before she's retired from breeding? Well, we actually limit our dogs to four litters, um, but it is not due to uh, a health concern. Um, our dogs, breeding dogs are raised by guardian families so that they grow up as a single dog or maybe one or two dogs in a family. And when that dog finishes its breeding career, it gets spayed or neutered. So we live in litters before. However, um, I have um, followed uh, Dr. Hutchinson, who is um, one of the leading reproductive vets in the United States. And his statement is that you can breed a dog every single heat until the litter sizes decrease. Mm. And, and that tells you that that dog... Uh, her breeding career is, is coming to an end. Um, and without getting too technical, every time a dog comes into heat, they shed the lining of their uterus, and it's exactly um, as harmful to their well-being as having a litter puppy. And therefore, raising you know, having a litter or not having a litter, as long as they're not spayed and they're going through a heat cycle, they experience basically the same thing. Wow. So that could give you... 10 litters. Sure. 12 litters from, from a single dog. Um, as long as she is healthy, bounces back, um, and enjoys being a mom. Yes. There really isn't a limit to how many litters a dog could or should have health-wise. Thank you for all of this amazing information, Amy. Where can everyone find out more information about you and your Fox Creek Farm Golden Doodle Breeding Program? Well, our website is very easy to remember. It's goldendoodles.net, N-E-T. That is And um, we are Fox Creek Farm. And so uh, that's what you will see when you open up the website. Wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you for being a responsible breeder and for being a founder of Ghana. That is an amazing program. If only all breeds had something like that, that would be amazing. So... I really want to commend you for all of the hard work that you do in your program. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure today. A big thanks again to the team at Raised Right for being our monthly sponsor. Raised Right does it right with human-grade, complete and balanced, limited-ingredient pet food. So why not get some Raised Right for your cat or dog? Save 20% on your first order by checking out RaisedRightPets.com forward slash wag out loud. Don't forget to use the coupon code PETS20 to get your 20% off. Your pets will thank you. Thanks for listening. You'll find some helpful links in the show notes. And if you enjoy the show, please be sure to follow and listen for free on your favorite podcast app. And please, please share your feedback. Visit wagoutloud.com for great product recommendations with discounts, amazing online events, and fantastic resources. That's also where to visit our Bark About It page 
where you can suggest topics, guests, or products. Be advised that this show offers health and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You're encouraged to do your own research and should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace, professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your dog's health, you should always consult a veterinarian or a nutrition expert. Have a tail wagging day and we'll catch you next time.